Welcome to the Pillars of Health podcast with resident strength coach, John Carroll. The Pillars of Health is on a quest to help you gain insight into the best ways you can manage stress, sleep, exercise, and nutrition in order to live your best life. Stay up to date with the Pillars of Health podcast by checking out our Facebook and Instagram pages, as well as CoachJohnCarroll.com. All right, welcome to the Pillars of Health podcast with me, John Carroll. I am joined today by Aaron. Welcome. Hello. Good to have you on. I literally just saw you five seconds ago. Well, we live together, so. In the studio. It's the studio when we're on air, okay, oh. not the house. Well, we share the studio together. <laughs> <laughs> it's even smaller than the studio. <laughs> it's not. There are walls. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. So today we are discussing 10 ways to save money. And of course, a lot of these are through my own experiences, uh, myself and Aaron's experiences. And basically, we've made mistakes financially and learned from them. And we're going to recommend them to you guys. So before we get into that, let's discuss today's icebreaker. And today's question is, what was your favorite item of clothing when you were a teenager? I want to guess yours. I've got two. I've got one when I was like younger, and then one as an older teenager. Okay, uh, I'm gonna guess that one of them was Liverpool paraphernalia. Paraphernalia? What was it doing? Liverpool drugs? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. Well, you're right. It was a Liverpool jersey, which probably never left my back when I was a teenager. That's one of them. Yeah. Whose jersey was it? Well, I had numerous names on there, but it was always Liverpool jersey. So, <laughs> so it wasn't just one. It was like no, it was any couple. Liverpool jersey. Yeah, it was multiple versions of Liverpool jersey, yeah. Uh, before we do my second one, what was yours? Um, Starter jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really remember one item of clothing. I, I already talked about my blue overalls. Your my jumpsuits. Um, like velvet overalls. <laughs> the velveteen rabbit. Uh, that was, I think, around fourth or fifth grade. And then I remember as a teenager having like uniforms, like having things that I loved so much that my mom couldn't wash it fast enough, but it was nothing specific. Right. So I have seen some pictures when, when you were a teenager and <laughs> you did rock some pretty thick belts. Yeah. Yeah. I loved a good belt. That's true. I yeah. forgot about those. We should we should sell those off to like Santa's around <laughs> Christmas time. Just for Unfortunately, I think I got rid of them when they didn't fit my waist any longer. <laughs> when they were bigger than your entire torso. <laughs> All right. My second uh, favorite item of clothing from being a teenager was my Tommy Hilfiger jacket. Oh, oh, and you should tell the listeners that I have finally convinced you after five years of Boston winters without a winter jacket finally convinced him to get a winter jacket this year and what did you get? I got a Tommy Hilfiger jacket, I did, but it's a winter jacket Yeah, it's a winter jacket, and you liked the North Face one too, but you opted for the Tommy Hilfiger that's now right. I know why Yeah, that's right, Tommy Hilfiger goes way back That was my, like, I'm try- I- I'm listening to hip-hop and I want to have something to show that I listen to hip-hop <laughs> because you can't get anything in Ireland back in the 80s, oh, 90s, so. You wanted people to know I wanted people to know, not that they knew or like, yeah, nobody knew but <laughs> for me it meant something, so all right, Liverpool jacket or Liverpool jersey on the bottom, Tommy Hilfiger jacket on the top. That's right, still rocking it to this day. Yeah, I'm gonna have to see if I can find some of those belt photos. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, let's get into today's topic, 10 ways to save you money. First one today, probably one of the most relevant when it comes to kind of cost cutting within the home. We're talking about cutting the cord, all right? Talking about cable, internet, stuff like that. What are ways you can reduce your average bill? So when I was moving into a new apartment and signing up for cable, you go through the whole process, you get that early discounted fee early on, and then as soon as that is finished, your average bill is probably anywhere from $120 to $200 a month, right? So what are some things you can do to reduce that? First of all, you're not going to watch half the channels on there. Today, uh, Aaron and myself, we have a basic package. We don't even watch TV. We use on-demand sometimes, but we use Netflix the most. So Netflix, you're talking maybe 10 or $12 a month. You have cable TV, which is, you know something you can reduce package-wise down to around $80. And a lot of times because certain companies have uh, control of the entire market, you have to get your internet through them, and they'll actually make it more expensive to just get internet through them, which is a sick ploy on their part. Yeah. So we have basic cable and and then regular internet. So we get just a few channels, and like you said, we don't watch that much TV. But what we do end up watching on the basic cable are our sports, like soccer and football, etc. We end up watching a lot of soccer on the Spanish channel. <laughs> yes, we do, because it's free. <laughs> uh, so I have expended my Spanish vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I'll see what games are on the Spanish channel. We'll watch it. No idea what they're saying apart from the goal. That oh, lasts they really know seconds. how to celebrate a goal. I love it. Yeah, that's that's... The whole reason I watch it. <laughs> so if you must insist on having cable, definitely call them up and see if they can give you a better rate. Most times if you call up and say, I'm gonna, I, I want to get rid of cable altogether, they'll probably give you a lower fee. But here's a little trick. Get your own router for Internet. You're paying a rental fee of $10 per month on there. Over the course of, your, of three years or two years, whatever it is, maybe you're in the one spot, one apartment, that'll be $240, $360 for the lifetime of your internet access. If you buy your own router, maybe it's around $60 to $80 one-time fee, and the best part, you can take it with you wherever you go. So that would be my recommendation there. Cool. All right, moving on. Number two, cell phones. This is a big one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we is, have stories, too, to go with a, it. This is a trench. <laughs> How much money do we waste on cell phones? Oh, my gosh, so much. And they suck you in, too. Like, they can be really useful for things, but most of the time you're just wasting your time on your cell phone. You know what kills me? And I've done this, and this is why I'm talking about it. I've learned from this. And you get caught up chasing the next iPhone. Oh, yeah. Like, right. oh, my gosh, oh, God, new technology is being released. Why do, I, why do you need the next new iPhone? I certainly don't. I'm not good with technology. I've given that up. I now have the iPhone SE, which I bought outright, and I will get into in a second. But, yeah, I just can't be bothered chasing it anymore. It's And the cost. Now you're looking at iPhone ten. that's worth $1,000 to buy. What's that about? That's crazy. You can buy a laptop for that much. You could put a down payment on a mini house. (laughs) (laughs) A tiny house. A tiny house. So here's my recommendation for when it comes to cell phones. Instead of having your payment included in your monthly bill from one of the big carriers, instead buy a cell phone outright from Apple or whatever one, maybe like Samsung, whatever it is. That way 
you own the cell phone and you can get independent insurance on it as part of actually renter's insurance if you need to. From there, get a SIM card and I have gone with a company called Cricket and my bill with Cricket is $35 per month. Yeah. which I think is very reasonable. Super reasonable. And when our friends hear that we use Cricket, they're like, oh my gosh, Cricket, uh, like your service must be so bad. We never have any service problems. And we do quite a bit of traveling um, to like fitness conferences and uh, neither one of us have family local. So we travel all around the East Coast and then Ireland as well. And We've not had any coverage issues. We've always had service whenever we've needed it. I think Cricket have a setup with AT&T, so that would solve that. Yeah. So, yeah. People laugh when they say Cricket, and then I laugh when I say, $35 in your face. <laughs> I don't say that, but in my head I want to. He says it to me. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, there's another there's another one I I've been looking at a company called Ting, T I N G. They are pretty reasonable too. If you get a SIM card from them, I think they've got plans or or sorry monthly options for twenty dollars, twenty five dollars for data and texts and calls and everything. So there's definitely options out there. My cell phone bill lowered from one hundred twenty dollars a month to thirty five, so that has saved me some money. And that was his cell phone bill alone. We were not previously not, on yeah, the same that plan. Not a that was not a, cell phone, yeah, yeah, that was a single plan. The one thing I will say about this, right, is that uh, when you own your phone outright, you want to be super careful with it. So either have some sort of insurance on it. She has a history. (laughs) I've broken one phone. (laughs) One phone. I shattered the screen. I also had the iPhone SE, and I really liked it, but I stepped it up when I broke it to a little bit bigger phone because my eyes... (laughs) My eyes are so, so bad. So having a bigger screen helps me out a little bit. People always say to me, you have the smallest iPhone I've ever seen. I was like, but it's the SE. It's the same as the 5. Maybe it's just because it looks small on my orangutan hands. (laughs) That's part of it. Compared to you, it looks super small. But I will say, first of all, it fits in everything, like a pocket or whatever. It's super easy to get around. I want to wear my tight-fitting pants. It doesn't stick out. Exactly. That's really important. That is important. I don't want to have an <laughs> iPad, <laughs> you know, sell a tape to the front of my pants. Moving on. Next one. We are talking about lowering your cost of living. Now, we live in Boston, in Somerville in Boston, and the cost of living is going up every year. It's phenomenal, right? Yeah, it's so great. It's so great. No, not a good phenomenal at all. It's really expensive to live here. So overall, when you come to living expenses, Let's talk about rent first. So rent should be around 25% or less of your gross monthly salary as a rule of thumb. Living below your means is essential so you can free up capital or money to spend on other things that may crop up. If your rent, let's see, in this area where we live, it's not unusual for someone to pay $2,000 a month for rent. Oh, no. Most people probably pay more than that. Yeah. So over, I mean, as maybe I mean... Um, if you're living with someone, there's a good chance it's a, it's a lot lower, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're living with someone, you're probably pay- paying closer to $1,000 per month. But if you're not over 2000 I would say. So a couple of tips. Definitely, if you have your own place and you're kind of freaking out about it, your rent is so high, or maybe it's going up, possibly think about getting a roommate. Uh, if you're owning and you have your own house and you're 
possibly thinking about remodeling or doing some some work on the house, maybe look towards a handyman instead of a contractor because a contractor can really get up there price-wise. And do as much of it on your own as you can. That's true. And last of all, a the website Zillow, they report that if you want to sell your house, the best time to sell is in May, between the 1st and the 15th. Apart from that, sales fees will generally be lower outside of May. Yeah, the rent thing is a killer. But as we said, if you can find a place that works within your budget and is not causing an arm and a leg out of your, your monthly uh, budget, then that works. Yeah. All right, moving on. Next one up, we're going to talk about buying a car. And this this with cell phones, this is my biggest pet peeve right here because we all want to have the car. Listen, I want to have a 78 <laughs> oh, Chevy God. Impala SS on 22-inch rims. I want a donk. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're called. And so, you know, some things just aren't happening, but it will happen at some stage in my life. But, he wants the most impractical car you could ever have. Well, he wants like a Sunday like cruiser yeah yeah something like that yeah with a solid sound system but i can only do that up to a certain point uh, i can't really do that until when i'm 80 or maybe i could maybe we'll you see. could maybe my granddad's doing that right now but <laughs> i mean his version of that is billy and the cart billy's a horse yeah that's what i mean that's that's his version of a donk he wants to just be able to rear horses his whole life possibly i'm not exactly rearing chevy impala <laughs> All right, so when it comes to buying a car, what is the best time? Generally speaking, we're looking at the end of a month because there's quotas and stuff like that to take into consideration. And usually the end of a quarter is the best time to go. Yes, we know that from experience. Price and options will definitely vary. If you're going in in the middle of the month, there's a pretty good chance that the price and your options of saving money will be less so compared to the end of the month. So I'm going to speak from experience here. I recently leased a car, and I got a very good deal in it, and I went in at the end of a quarter on the last day of the month, and at the last hour, because I was there late, and they wanted to go home. Yeah. And so I got them down to bottom dollar, and I was pretty happy. It was quite painful, because you're sitting around in the dealership, and it's not a fun experience, but when it comes to saving money, it's better. And I've definitely also been in that situation where I've walked out of a dealership, I've dropped a bunch of money, and I'm having buyer's regret. Yeah. But you also looked around a little bit before the last day of the month. So these people had seen you. They knew you were pretty serious, right? Also, go into a dealership, prepare to walk away. Yeah. Don't don't ever take the first offer. Yeah, don't go in there and be like, I want to get this car. And then they're just going to like play with you. Go in and, and be like, what's your, what's your price on this? And it, even if it is a good price, possibly walk away the first time you go in. Yeah. They actually have a lot of room to negotiate, so... Remember that. And the the times are changing. The information asymmetry, as I call it, the information asymmetry relates to what you know about something you're getting into. So when you're buying a car, we have the Google machine at our fingertips. We can look stuff up and, you know, you can go to Kelly Blue Book and look up what other cars are selling for in this year range and so on. And so when you go into a dealership, now you've got more information on your side, whereas in years past, when you went to a dealership, you're totally being blindsided. That is not the case anymore. Do your research, save some money. And remember, your car should get you to and from somewhere safely. You probably don't need the donk or the expensive full package vehicle. The donk is not a choice. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> 
But what can you live without? What do you need? Absolutely. Let's just just be be clear here. I don't have a donk. I will at some point in life when I can afford it, and it's just you know not that much of a burden financially. But we'll see. And when we won't have to park it on the street. Maybe. That's right. <laughs> definitely City not living. Next one up in relation to saving money, we're going to talk about side jobs. So in this era, you're talking about Uber, Lyft, these companies, uh, they offer a way of making money and income by using cars, maybe your own car, maybe they set you up at one, but that's a pretty convenient way of making a living, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I guess so. Or a little extra money, maybe. A little if extra money. Yeah. I, I know there's people doing it as a full-time job, and they, you know, they make strides to be very professional in what they do. And there's people who do it on the side, and you can you can do either or, right? Yeah. Also, talking about side jobs, there's also things like TaskRabbit and Postmates. TaskRabbit is an organization that will pay you to do other people's tasks or errands or whatever it is. Uh, someone may go on TaskRabbit and say, I need someone to do this, 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 and they'll set you up. And generally speaking, anywhere from 30 to $35 per hour on average, depending on what the task is. And then there's also eBay. So eBay, you can sell stuff on, obviously. Everybody knows that. And anything that's hanging around, you can do a full spring cleaning, sell it on eBay, and earn a little bit extra money, if you wish. We're currently in a bit of a spring cleaning <laughs> rush, right? Yes, we are. And we are using eBay, Craigslist, et cetera, to get rid of things that... Currently, Facebook Marketplace is the most successful for getting a quick response. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. I, I'm on Craigslist. He's on Facebook. Whoever sells it first, wins. I don't know, wins. <laughs> so one thing as well that if you have schools in your area, colleges or high schools, becoming a high school referee for any sport, you can generally make a decent a uh, little bit of extra money 50 to 70 dollars per game for a high school a college is definitely over 100 per game and uh, that's not bad if you number one like the sport and two have a little bit of spare time to maybe commit two hours whatever it is for the game oh interesting now that i know that this is a thing i gotta get you to work i'm already working so hard <laughs> <laughs> next one up under side jobs is Dog watching or babysitting. Aaron, I'm going to let you talk about this one. Okay. Um, so in regards to this, I walk the dogs every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. Um, so if I wanted to, I could offer my services and walk multiple do- dogs at a time. You said I'm, dags. Dags. <laughs> That's an Irish thing. I'm already doing it. I could take advantage of that and maybe make some money off of it. Another thing, so if you have family or friends who have dogs and you can trade walking or pet sitting for while you're traveling, that can be a great way to save a little bit of extra money. And last of all, under side jobs, what about crafting? Yeah, so I think a lot of people like to do that as a hobby. And so if you make something in your spare time just for fun, if you can take advantage of selling it on websites like Etsy or get involved in your local craft fairs or markets, it could be a great little extra source of income for something you already enjoy doing. Yes, that is correct. Moving on, after side jobs, we're going to touch in with health care. So health insurance is a big one. Where we are in New England, you have to have health care, and choosing it can be a pain in your rear end. When you go on the marketplace, there's so many to choose from. you got to look at deductibles and stuff like this. So 
I would recommend you do the following. Look at your previous year's use of healthcare. What were your most common visits for? Do you need certain coverages? And if not, then you can possibly go at a high deductible for certain coverages and maybe overall lower your cost of your monthly health insurance. That's what I done this past year and it's working out pretty well because I go to the doctor for your yearly checkup maybe one or two other times if I'm sick and then on top of that maybe I see a specialist for this and that and that's about it. Yeah, we spent a lot of time picking out health care for this year but ultimately I think it's worked out for us. Shout out to Katie for helping us on the health insurance. Yeah, my friend Katie. She's great. (laughs) Also, if you are a smoker, guess what? If you can give up smoking, that'll probably help drop your deductible quite significantly. And as well as that, believe it or not, Groupon have options for saving on health insurance, especially for dentists and dental visits. Interesting. We haven't tried that before. Something to look into. Next up is eating healthy. So on the Pillars of Health, we talk about nutrition and everything that goes into having a balanced intake of food. So when it comes to going to the grocery store, Erin is the pro there. I am the pro there. So what are some recommendations for eating healthy on a budget? Okay, so first let's start with where you shop. I love Whole Foods and some of our little local shops like Savonors and Formaggio, etc. But those are definitely the places that are more to splurge for specialty items and they're fun to go to. If you have access to like a Trader Joe's or a Market Basket, you are probably going to get better prices. And then from there, you want to look at buying the store brand versus the name brand items. Often they're the same thing. Uh, The packaging's just different, so you can check out the ingredients and then check out the prices and compare them. I would opt for the store brand where you can. In terms of uh, fruits and veggies, oftentimes buying frozen is a lot cheaper than buying fresh. And frozen veggies are actually still really dense in vitamins, so because they're flash frozen. So I would opt for frozen. Plan your meals. I say this I say this so much. Plan your meals is good in so many ways, but if you're planning what you're cooking, food is not going to go to waste or go bad as easily. So plan your meals and then use the leftovers. Do not throw things away. In terms of going out to eat, I would probably stay away from ordering alcohol because your tabs w- will go up significantly and maybe do you really need that appetizer? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you're my husband, yes, he's going to be hungry after dinner, so like order the appetizer. But if you're going to be stuffed ap- after the appetizer and the entree, I would say skip the appetizer. So, uh, quick point. I will totally agree. The alcohol while not drinking with a meal is huge because you will save so much money on that. Or even if you just have one drink, maybe if you're used to drinking couple with dinner, right? That will take a good, it could be anywhere from 30 to $50 off your bill. Yeah, depending on where you live. Uh, alcohol's again, sp- expensive where we live. So it's about $10 a drink, depending on where you are, what you get. Yeah, prohibition still in use here. <laughs> Um, And then last but not least, pack your lunch and bring your own coffee. We make our own coffee at work. We do. We make our coffee at work. Side benefit, you get the aroma of coffee through the building. Yeah, it's really nice. No one has complained yet. (laughs) (laughs) That was eating healthy, number seven. 
Number eight, when it comes to travel, all right, travel as well can also be expensive. And whenever Aaron and myself are going on continuing education trips for our profession, we're also shopping around for the best flights, the best deals when it comes to lodging and stuff like that. That's something I don't use too often, lodging. Lodging. Yeah, Mm. lodging. I'm a lodger. (laughs) (laughs) So when it comes to lodging and, and flights, Let's shop around. So Expedia was big at one time because they'd done the combos, you know, the flights, the hotel, the car rental, if you want to do that. What I found over time is now with Airbnb and other such options on the scene, you can shop around and get a really good price for where you stay and then also shop around for flights. Like if you simply do a Google search on Google Flights, they'll set you up with the lowest flight. Like if you get alerts for that, destination say you're going from boston to europe or you know boston to paris whatever it is you can get alerts whenever that price drops and stuff you know take advantage of your credit card points um so we have a credit card that we get points with delta and you have been able to get us some good deals on flights lodging and um rental cars as well here's a quick one on the rental cars this is a Diamond, right? Just store this away in your back pocket for whenever you're traveling next. So your credit card in the U.S. will automatically cover your rental car. The rental car insurance that they offer you at the counter is just basically a high deductible, and in most cases, not even insurance. So if something happens to the car, you're still responsible for a large portion of that. Now, your credit card, if you book your your rental car purchase or use your, your credit card for the rental car, they will cover you if it's domestic in the U.S. Now, if you go abroad, check in. Some credit cards don't cover. One I have is with USAA, and they are awesome. And when we go to Ireland next time, our rental car is covered insurance-wise by USAA. Yeah, so we're looking forward to that. And they give a 25% discount through multiple rental agencies. Yeah, we've paid a lot for rental cars in the past, and I think this is the the least we're going to pay for it by using this credit card. Possibly the biggest price we paid was getting used to stick shift after driving automatic for so long and trying to leave (laughs) Dublin Airport all confused and puzzled. (laughs) On the wrong side of the road. (laughs) It wasn't me. It was him. swiftly moving on from there number nine investing so this can be a crapshoot for a lot of people and it is highly confusing to the most intelligent of those around when it comes to investing here's the thing i've heard a lot of very smart people talk about this and a lot of times they're like you know what it's just put some money on some stocks and see what happens from there there's no guaranteed approach. If you want to pay someone to do this for you, you can if you have you know the resources to do so. What I like to do, and I don't have a huge in-depth knowledge of stocks and bonds and investing, I like ETFs. A lot of them are commission-free to buy, and a lot of them, especially with someone like Vanguard, they're proven over time to increase in value. If Even if there's a huge economic crash, let them sit there, keep on investing, and when they get back to their top price, then you can obviously take advantage of selling them. But Yeah. So if you listen to our podcast, you know that Jonathan is the one in our relationship who takes care of most of our finances. He's far better at it than I am. But I think a good point that you just made on investing, and again, I know 
little to nothing, is to be patient. You shouldn't move things around a lot and buy and then sell and then it just be patient, right? It's yeah, not- if your price drops, like if you have a huge investment and the price suddenly drops, don't sell it. Like, hang on. It's a long game. It's not a short game. You know, I have investments in multiple companies and they're going to go up and down. Write it out. It'll be fine. Cool. Number 10, last of all, is a combination of things. So we have a couple of kind of bonuses thrown in here. So 10 is a combo of random things. All right. Number one, have a garage sale or as some people say, garage. Garage. <laughs> How did you say it? Garage. Yeah. Have a garage sale, right? Yeah. Sure. Have a garage. So what are, what are the benefits of a garage sale? I mean, first of all, get rid of your junk. I hate having clutter, so that's like the biggest benefit of a a garage sale, in my opinion. And then, of course, if you can get a little extra spare cash from it, those would be the top two, I think. What do you think? Extra cash is also always a benefit. Yeah. Yeah, garage sale is great because, you know what, you don't know how much stuff you have until you go to move, and then you're like, what do I have all these things for? I have never used them. A lot of cases when you're in a rush to get out for a move, you end up just giving those things away where in actual fact, they may be worth quite a bit of money if you had some time to sell them on. So maybe do like a spring cleaning every year and see if there's something you can move on. Yeah, and if you don't want to have a garage sale, again, we talked about using Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist, um, but there are places that you can sell your clothes like ThreadUp, which I believe is online. And then there are stores like Buffalo Exchange where you can go and drop them off. And if you need new clothes, you can trade for new clothes there, I believe, or you can just take the money. Um, also, when you clean out your place, you might find that you can repurpose old things. A lot of a lot of great options there. So that is 10 ways to save money. Most of all, my advice, and again, I'm, I'm not perfect by any means. I'm always trying to live within my means and save money and invest here and there. And, you know, it's a constant struggle. Aaron will tell you, I try to run a tight ship. He runs such a tight <laughs> ship. Like even my friends know, they're like, oh, is it, are, how far into the pay period are you? Like, do we have to wait until you get paid next? <laughs> Did uh, you go through your weekly expenses? Yeah, there's not a whole lot of, how would you say, carefree spending going on. No, no, we are we're really careful. We are. But and it's been really beneficial. We've been able to save a lot because of it. That's true. And we have an apartment where we just can't take in a lot of stuff. We're pretty at full at the moment, right? Yeah, we're so at capacity. So that's another we thing. We need to get rid of. We save a lot in our apartment because like in, living in our apartment is smaller and it's not super expensive, which is great. But it also does not afford for random things sitting around it. <laughs> I always no think sp- of that that episode of The Office from Michael Scott. It was like, oh yeah, I really splashed out. He got like a 14-inch LCD TV. <laughs> it's kind of like how it is for me. You know? <laughs> yeah, check it out. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. So, it's- overall, let's sum- uh, summarize today's podcast. Live within your means. Seek out cheaper options of maybe current packages you have for stuff like internet or TV Look at your rent, see if you can improve on that while still living in a space that you find comfortable. And cars and cell phones are also the big ones for me. What about you? Yeah, I think those are big. I think the other thing that we didn't really mention today is like looking at your budget overall, which every time, I mean, you have you have kind of a system when we get paid. I have a system for everything. Yeah, he does. That's that's really true. But you have a system for our, for our money and 
having that system has really helped me a ton. Uh, like I said in previous podcasts, finances and money is something that in the past really overwhelmed me and your system simplifies it. And when I know what I have to stick to, it's a lot easier for me and we've been able to stick to it and save. Well, this is the reason we, we, we are doing this podcast because money and finances, they cause a tremendous amount of stress for people. And when they're not managed correctly, they just snowball over time. And before you know it, it's out of control and you have this huge credit card bill or something's out of control. And I have been there, you know, and I've dug myself out of it. And you know how I got there? It was the ostrich approach. It was <laughs> putting my head in the sand and pretending like it wasn't going on. Yeah. Know? And I feel that happens a lot. So just speaking from experience, there's ways of getting out of debt and there's ways of building wealth. And some of these small practices can go a long way to alleviating stress in your life that takes away from your energy that you could be expending on maybe going to the gym or better nutrition choices. Because when you're stressed, we make bad decisions. So That's right. Or even just living a less anxious life. Or maybe buying a dog. <laughs> Or maybe you could save enough to buy a donk. Uh, maybe. Fingers crossed. One day. <laughs> but it's not just about saving enough to buy a donk. It's also about justifying that purchase <laughs> to be reasonable, which that's the part that we haven't gotten to yet. Well, let's face it. You're going to be riding shotgun. So <laughs> I think that's reason enough. Lucky you? me. Yeah. Oh, I'm all right, guys, thanks for tuning in today. The email address here at the podcast is thepillarsofhealthpod at gmail.com. Leave us some review on iTunes if you like the content. We'd appreciate all the feedback you can leave. From Aaron. We're out. And if you leave us some comments, we would love to hear what you guys do to save money as well. Yes, share the wealth. Yeah, share the wealth. All thanks right, for listening. Yeah, th until next time. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the other side.